Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, Monday, September 26. St. Cosmas and St. Damien, feast days of both of these great martyrs, pray for us. I'm waiting for my partner, Paul Clay, to be on board with me. I think he's on. Paul, are you on? I think he's on. Hey, uh, the month of September is devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows is a beautiful devotion given to us by St. Bridget of Sweden. And during this month of September... To Our Lady of Sorrows, we're invited to, cons to console the sorrowful heart of Mary and to unite our sufferings to hers. And by, suing, and by doing so, we receive beautiful graces of consolation and strength. Let's jump right into it. <clears throat> yeah, I see my partner, Paul. He's 10-8 uh, he's as well. Several things I'd like to talk about today. Number one, a little bit of good news happening here in Arizona. And I think this is something that should go national. This uh, and this is actually started by Protestants. This uh, 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 this prayer, a statewide prayer rally before the elections. Catholics were also doing it as well. So Catholics and Protestants uh, are very in tune that the elections. A lot of this also remember this is just spiritual warfare, and so let me share this article and just show you because I think this is something that. Uh, would be good for other states to follow as a template. And and let me see if uh, if Paul could hear me. Paul, are you there? Can you hear me, my friend? Paul, are you 10-8? I see Paul, but I can't hear him. Okay. Well, I could see him, but I could... Sounds good. Okay. So, the good news is coming out of Arizona with Legislative District Number 3. These are called LDs. Everybody has different LDs. Legislative District Number 3 is encouraging the nation, get this, the nation to set aside days of prayer for God's hand in the November 8th general elections. And again, um, this is something for all people of goodwill. Republicans in Maricopa County, which is part of Legislative District Number 3, have passed a resolution declaring national days of prayer before the upcoming elections in matters of weeks. The resolution was passed by nearly a unanimous vote. The resolution which passed September 8th states in part, quote, whereas the upcoming general election held on November 8th, 2022, will likely be the most important election held to protect our constitutional republic and the future of our country, therefore, let it be resolved, select days to steadfastly pray and observe the tenets of God so that our country may be worthy of the blessings of the covenant, liberty, protection, and prosperity. So the days selected for prayer here in Arizona for statewide prayer were February 23rd, which just passed, which was a Friday, October 21st, which is another Friday, and Sunday, November 6th, which is uh, November 6th. In the comments to the Gateway Pundit, Arizona's businessman, Kelly K.J. Kuchta, one of the main supporters of the resolution, cites as a precedent George Washington General's orders 
to his troops in 1776. Washington commanded his soldiers to pay strict obedience to fasting, humiliation, and prayer, humbly to supplicate the mercy of Almighty God that it would please him to pardon all of our manifold sins and transgressions and to prosper the arms of the United Colonies and finally establish the peace and freedom of America upon a solid and lasting foundation. Yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this politician, uh, this, excuse, me, excuse me, this Arizona businessman, Cali K.J. Kuchta, he points out that George Washington recognized what was going on back on in, back in 1776. He recognized that as spiritual warfare. <clears throat> in fact, he foresaw challenges for the nation. And when he first saw how he could be independent, <clears throat> he envisioned in America a world in America that has a covenant with God, but he also knew that over time the evil one would creep in. K.J. Kuchka, this Arizona businessman who's starting these three days of prayer out here, he says, religion is under attack because it provides that moral compass about how we, would, we should treat one another with dignity and respect and the respect for life. He says, I think the Democrat Party of old has lost its way. They've lost their moral compass. Absolutely, they have. He writes, what I hope to accomplish is to remind people of the power of prayer. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Uh, said uh, K.J. Kuchka, the faithful patriot. God's part of the deal is liberty, protection, and prosperity. The Catholic Arizonian told Church Militant on Monday that uh, the Founding Fathers saw their victory in 1776 as a setback for the evil one. He said the evil one would be back in a myriad underhanded ways as is happening now. And K.J. Kuchka believes that when a man is fighting by God's will and we live by Judeo-Christian values, that God returns to us a belief inspired by Timothy Ballard in the American Covenant, One Nation Under God, God's part of the deal is liberty, protection, and prosperity. He says it's important Americans, again, invite God to be with them always and everywhere, avoiding a one-and-done approach to prayer. He says it's important to think of the founding of the country through the lenses of the founding fathers making a covenant with God. And guess what? He's absolutely right because God has made six covenants with the human race. <clears throat> the first covenant he made with, with Adam. The second covenant he made with Noah. Third covenant he made with Abraham. Fourth covenant he made with Moses. Fifth covenant he made with David. And the final covenant he made with Jesus Christ. And so he's absolutely right. Uh, <clears throat> the human race is in a covenant with God. A covenant is a sacred family bond. And what that means is that we belong to Him and God has covenanted Himself to us. Again, he says it's important that Americans, again, invite God to be with them always and everywhere, avoiding a one-and-done approach to prayer. He says it's important to think of the founding country through the lenses of the founding fathers making a covenant with God. Paul Clay, are you there, my friend? Okay. We're talking about uh, <clears throat> this this uh, Arizona businessman 
uh, he got this idea to call Arizona to three days of prayer. And he, he selected the dates. It was started by a pro- Catholics are doing novenas out here. All the Catholics that I've met here in Arizona, uh, most people are doing nine-day novenas, then they roll into another novena as well. Or a lot of Catholics I know out here, like over at our parish, last night we have what's called a patriotic rosary. Last night at 6 o'clock, the Catholics we met from 6 to 7 and played. It's a beautiful hour-long patriotic rosary. It is so drop-dead beautiful where you plead the blood of Jesus over every nation, over every, over every country, uh, excuse me, over, over every state in this nation. And you, you name them by name. Uh, and so there's a lot of prayer power going on out here in Arizona, but I think there's prayer power going on all over the country because one of the things about the Internet, it's made the world a lot smaller. A lot of us are, are, are a lot more connected than we used to be, which is good. Because now we have a way to communicate. Yeah, I know, I get it. The internet is used a lot by wicked people, and it's uh, and it's used by uh, you know obviously very evil people. But uh, we can also use the internet for great good. And one of the ways that it's being used is we're praying for our country, we're praying for our church, and we're able to communicate. We're able to communicate that very quickly through the internet. I'll tell you why it's so important to pray for a nation. It's important to pray for a nation because remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 here's a couple of verses that tell us to pray for our leaders and for our nation. And again God God gave these promises to Israel during one of their most rebellious periods, but we as Christians we can claim this promise for our nation today because we are God's people as well. We are the new covenant people of God. But we've got to humble ourselves, pray and seek God's face before he restores our country. And here are some of the Bible verses that give us hope of restoration as we wait, as we wait upon the Lord to do his holy mighty will. Second Chronicles 7.14, the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. What a promise. I hope this promise falls upon America. I hope we have enough believers in America for this promise to fall upon America. We really need it. <clears throat> we should also be praying for those in power and authority. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Close quote. Psalm 20, verse 6, the Bible says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Up next, we're going to be talking about the way there's been an avalanche of sex changes going on in America. It can be traced back to Barack Obama. We'll be right back. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, I'm 10-8. My name is Jesse Romero. Is Paul 10-8? I am, Jess. All right. Hey, Paul, we want to move on to another topic and talk about the way America's ongoing avalanche of sex changes can be traced back to Barack Obama. Wow. Well, we can, yeah, it's, uh, we can trace it back to him on a human level, but ultimately we trace it back to Satan. But Satan does use human yeah. people, so let's take a look at what this says, and I want to get, uh, I want to get some, some of Paul's comments on it. The increased proliferation <clears throat> of sex change operations in the U.S., including for children, can be linked directly to provisions in the Affordable Care Act, former President Barack Obama's landmark legislative achievement. Just 3,256 gender transition procedures were performed in the U.S. in 2016, the year that the Department of Health and Human Services began forcing health insurance providers to, to cover such procedures in their plans. The next year, the number surged by more than 150%, and in 2020 surpassed 16,000 according to data from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. In 2014, the Obama administration overturned a rule which barred the use of medical funds for gender transition operations, paving the way for a massive expansion of sex change surgeries under ACA. A May 216 ruling by HHS interpreted Section 1557 of the ACA in a way that compelled healthcare providers and insurers to provide coverage for gender transition procedures. ACA means Affordable Care Act. That's Barack Obama's, uh, uh, the, 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 his legislative achievement. <clears throat> so in, in the ACA, it's in 50, Section 1557, it says in a way that compelled healthcare providers and insurers to provide coverage for gender transition procedures as long as procedures were also available to cisgender patients seeking them for other reasons. That means, for example, a doctor could no longer provide hormone therapy to a teen suffering from a sexual development disorder while declining to provide the same hormone therapy to someone seeking change genders. Paul, this is diabolical disorientation at its finest. What say you? Yeah, I, well, I just give you a wholehearted amen. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing just to me that, uh, um, again, the, yeah. the availability of this, this is being paid for by us tax dollars. Okay. The taxpayers are paying for this and you have to, you know, know that this is not an inexpensive procedure, a process to go through. But mm. beyond that, you and I both know that the male DNA contains X and Y genes and the female only X. So basically females, you know, double X and the male X and Y. So no matter what they do on the outside, you can, uh, you know, em emasculate the flesh all day long. It does not change the fact that in your DNA, you are a male or a female, period. You know, uh, this is what they're failing to recognize. And this is, in my opinion, this is man's attempt to try to play God. And as you can see, 
he doesn't do a very good job at it. Well, this is why there's such a high rate of suicide amongst people in this community, the LGBT community, the homosexual community, and the transgender yeah. community. High rate of yeah. highest rate of suicide, because again, once once they, you know, Paul, the brain doesn't fully develop till about the mid twenties of the prefrontal cortex. So a lot of people do a lot of stupid things before their brain yeah. fully develops, and they're asking oh, people. My hand. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, guilty, right? It could have been a lot worse, but for the grace of God. Uh, and so once these kids, once their brain fully develops, and all of a sudden they say, "Man, I'm a boy. I'm a girl. What the heck did I do?" Yeah, yeah. they fall into a, they fall into a full depression, and uh, they fall into de- just despair. And a lot of this you leads to, to to lifelong depression and suicide. Yes, one of the saddest things that that you can look at is to hear somebody who has been, for lack of a better word, bamboozled into this mm-hmm. process, somehow thinking that. In doing this, because this is what society is saying, right? This yeah. is what the, the secular world is saying, that, oh, that if yes. you do this, you will, you will come into your own. You will be who you really are. And they do this, and they have regret. And guess what? Once that bell is rung, Jess, it cannot be unrung. I mean, it, it's, it's the saddest thing ever. And you just see the depression and the sadness and the regret that people have to live with. But I can just, you know, for a little hope, you know, you know, n- you know never fail. You know, uh, the sacred scripture tells us that, you know what, uh, you know, we can, we, can, we can become eunuchs for Christ. You know, mm. uh, you know, you may have messed it up, you know, you know, you know as far as your, uh, you know, physiology in, in this world and everything, but God, God is still there and available and he can rescue you no matter where you're at. And, you know, uh, this is what Jesus says. He is the great physician and he can heal. Um, like I said, some, some bells cannot be unrung, but guess what? God is still there. He's still available and he's still merciful. Amen. Amen. And Paul, one of the things that the Catholic Church teaches, this is around the Catechism, is called uh, the sin of mutilation. In other words, if a Catholic is forbidden from cutting perfectly healthy human body parts, you know, uh, for 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 no apparent reason. In other words, in case you're in like a an auto accident where you flew, you know, through the front window, you know, and you got launched thirty feet into the air and you disfigured your face. Uh, then obviously you would need you would need your face to be reconstructed, but the Catholic Church teaches a person that just mutilates their body parts. For example, you cut off your breast, perfectly normal breast, cut them off just because, again, uh, for no medical reason other than you think you're a boy. That's a mortal sin, and uh, and 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 so again, the Church is very specific about this, called the sin of mutilation. But uh, it goes on here to say. Uh, the last part, and again, this goes back to Barack Obama's ACA. And don't get me wrong; I don't think it was Barack Obama that wrote the American. What's it called? The American uh, uh, American Affordable Care Act. I think, uh, without a doubt, it was somebody that it was already the globalists and 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 the uh, Marxists and Masons that had this written for him. He was just he was just the perfect guy to roll it out because he was a young the young first young black president out there. Committed he was the perfect guy to yeah. Yeah, but th- this was already written. He's not he's not smart enough to to write a 3000-page document like this, you know, uh as a sitting president. This this was already written for him. But again, Paul, this is exactly how they want to uh 
they, they, what we're seeing right now, Paul, is just basically Frankenstein science. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it, Frankenstein science. And you, what you see also, Jess, is a pushback. I believe that, uh, you know, uh, a large portion of the world's population is beginning to have their eyes opened. Uh, even in you know in things like abortion, where they're realizing that hey, um, um, uh, you know abortion, you know, you know, and and again, it is not a correct position, but they're recognizing that you know if you have an abortion, a late term abortion, this isn't right. You know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. now we know the truth that if you have an abortion at any point, it's not right. But they haven't, you know, they can't come to that conclusion until they recognize God as creator. And when they acknowledge God as creator, when they acknowledge God as the Lord of the universe and that mankind was created in his image, according to his likeness, and that man has, you know, this is what gives man his his, his value, the fact that we, you know, we, we have the imprint of God stamped on us. We have the breath of God in, in us when God breathed mm-hmm. in man and caused man to become a living soul. This, when they come to that conclusion, and then there's no more debate, then, then, then you know, at that point they realize that, listen, who am I that I should, you know, um, you know, even voice a, a word against the Lord of the universe. That's right. Paul, I, I made a statement about the brain doesn't develop uh, till about the early 20s. I want to back up what I said. Dr. Sharon mm-hmm. Cooper, pediat- pediatrician at the University of North Carolina, she writes the following quote, research has shown that the, f- the prefrontal cortex, that's the, the, the right there, the front part of the forehead, the front part of the brain, has shown that it's not completely mature and developed until people hit the age of about 20 to 22 years of age, close quote. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, and I, and I don't know if this is true, Jess, but I hear that men, boys, they tend to develop a little, a little later than the females. Yeah, that, that, uh, that makes sense to me, the way, the way a lot of guys act. Yeah. You know, because, you know, girls tend to be more mature. Yes. And I I think it's because they, you know, they they reach that process quicker. Um, So, yeah, I mean, what what a statistic. And to realize that if if their brains are still developing and if we we put our kids into a school system that tells them and teaches that somehow, uh, you know, this is a viable alternative for you. You can, you know, you know, if you identify with a woman. Or with a with a female, you know, or whatever you identify with, the school will facilitate that and facilitate you in your error, in your mm. sin, because that's what it is. And uh, eventually, they will make mistakes. Uh, uh, and and you know, Jess, here's the other factor. You know, in that matter, the schools are, you know, the parents are beginning to have less and less rights. And you can see this, you know, the, you know these uh, these teacher unions and so forth. That they rear their ugly head. The system is just, uh, you know, again, they feel like parents have no real should have no real input into what they want to teach our children. Yeah, this is a serious, uh, serious uh, uh, wrong that needs to be corrected. That's right. Here's a paragraph that's worth mentioning here in the article. It says, only a small fraction of Americans 
who identify as transgender have actually proceeded with sex, with sex reassignment surgery. Prior to 2016, one prohibitive factor was often cost. The cost of sex reassignment for an uninsured person can range from around 15000 for genital reconstruction alone to as much as 50000 for operations on genital, genitals, breasts, and facial features to make them appear more masculine or feminine, according to Transgender Map. But one of the things, ter- uh, I mean, Paul, that uh, Barack Obama's done, and uh, then, Joe, then Donald Trump took it away, and though Joe Biden reinstated it, is you can get free sex reassignment surgery in the military. And this is why a lot of transgenders are going to all four branches of the service is because they want that free sex reassignment surgery, which because of the Democrat presidents, when they come to power, they they, they give that as one of the perks for anybody who signs up for the military. What do you think about that, Paul? A man who wore the uniform for 30 some odd years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we can get back to it on the other side of the break, but you know what I think about that already. Uh, you want to talk about uh, military readiness? We are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, I want you to talk about that next. Jesus 911, two-man car, just remember Paul Clay. Yeah, let's talk about military readiness and how this is affected by transgenderism. And we're also going to talk about Pope Francis' responsibility and the homosexual heresy. We'll be right back. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Yes, lay Catholics are the church militant. That's what we are. We're here to fight the good fight of faith until the Lord calls us home. Paul, as a man who's worn the uniform most of your life, uh, I saw a video not too long ago. It showed uh, Russian soldiers training in their boot camps. And these guys look like a bunch of uh, Dragos, a bunch of, uh, you know. <laughs> Ivan Drago. Yeah, Ivan Drago. Remember the guy that fought Rocky? And the, <laughs> I mean, these guys look like horses and animals as they were doing push-ups and pull-ups and running. Then I saw another video of a, of a, of a, of a LGBT platoon at one of, the, one of our, the branches of our military. And they were all marching with high heels. I looked at between both of them. I said, Paul, we are not ready to face off against a giant like Russia or China right now. (laughs) To the least most casual observer, Jess, (laughs) Um, you know, we've been we've been leaning on our technology, you know, edge for for the longest. But uh, that that gap is closing uh, uh, thanks to. You know, presidents like Bill Clinton and others who have allowed our uh, our, our uh, technology secrets and, and patents to to just be uh, um, usurped by the China uh, the Chinese government. Uh, we're uh, the world is uh, much more uh, on even par than it used mm. to be. Um, China's economy, as as you know, Jess, is is going to be soon the largest economy in the world. And when you see what the liberals are doing to our economy, uh, systematically dismantling it till one day when we wake up and uh, it's, it's a different America, the dollar is going to have no value. When that day comes, it's going to be a day of reckoning. And, it, and that day will come, Jess. It's, uh, it's close, Paul. I mean, the hand of God is about to fall on this country if we don't uh, – well, if, like, if we don't – what it says in Second Chronicles 714 – 
unless my yeah. people pray and humble themselves and seek my face, uh, you know, then I will heal, heal their land. There will be no healing yeah. in America unless people humble themselves, pray, and seek the face of God. And that's not happening, Paul, by enough people. I mean, there's this. Uh, yeah. It, I just, yeah. I just, I just, I just, re I just read to date, Paul. Get this. Seventy Catholic churches are closing in Wisconsin. Seventy. They're going to be wow. down to I think I think something like I forget the number is a very small number, but there's only a hundred and some churches there. And this is happening all over the country, by the way. It's not just Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, Jess. The tell us a little bit about the heresy of Americanism and and and, and maybe which pope talked about that because uh, we're guilty of that here and a lot of people think that somehow God is on the side of America and you know uh, we're God's people we the United States because you know uh, this is the biggest lie that has been <laughs> you know, put forth yeah that, uh, somehow yeah go ahead Jess well you know what uh, yeah the heresy of Americanism that that goes back oh, oh over a hundred years it goes back to pope leo the 13th mm. uh, it's 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 essentially all, which pope leo the 13th uh you know he wrote back in like in the 1880s 1890s yes, yes. pope leo the 13th essentially said about uh about the heresy of america is that it's where catholics they put their they put their country america and what it stands for, you know, like, for example, you know, medical marijuana, abortion, transgender, LG, when you put some of these these things that America stands for right now above your Catholic faith. And, and I'll give you a classic example of, of the heresy of Americanism, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, when he dies, he will no longer be an American at the grave. When you go into, into eternity, you're either a child of God or you're not, A or B. If you die in a state of grace, you're a child of God forever. You're not an American. You're not a European. You're not a Mexican. You're not African. You're not. You're. You're. You're a child of God in eternity, or you're. A, or, or you're a damned soul. Period. Okay. So the race has nothing to do with your at the judgment seat. It has nothing to do with where you're going to go. Or, or in, in other words, you're not going to be that an American forever in hell. You're not going to be an American in hell. You're going to be a damned soul in hell. The devil doesn't really care about what nationality you are. So the heresy of America would be somebody like Joe Biden. I just, where he would say, okay, I'm a Catholic. I know the church is pro-life and the church has taught this for 2000 years, but I'm part of the Democrat party. And, uh, maybe, you know, maybe personally in my heart, I, I, I'm pro-life. I think that, uh, you know, all life is sacred, but as a Democrat and as a party leader and as a president, I have to toe the party line because this is this is what we've all decided. This is the party platform. So that's a classic example of the heresy of Americanism. Joe Biden and others, they put their political party and the political party's platform above and beyond biblical revelation, biblical truth as shown by the Catholic Church. This is dangerous, and if they don't repent, Paul... Uh, they will experience the, the the fires of hell in in no time because these guys are they're all old men and they're all old women. Yeah, and so and they and they tend to mix the the tenets and the principles of 
this country, you know, in this particular case, in the United States, and they, 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 they intertwine that with their faith and their religious beliefs, and they think the two are somehow uh, synonymous or, you know, they're not. Uh, they're not even close. This country, uh, as great as it is, it has been in the past. Uh, you know, when I, when I think about it, I often say, how the mighty have fallen. You know, it was the, the same quote that David used when Saul and Jonathan died, how yeah. the mighty have fallen. Mm. Well, we have fell. We have fallen from grace in this country. And when we turn our backs on God, uh, God, you know, at some point, and just uh, imagine yourself as a parent. If your child refuses to listen, if your child refuses, you know, your children refuse to uh, obey you, at some point, you know, you got to get tough. It's called tough love. And, yeah. God, you know, and, you know, so, so the whole idea of, of parenting and children, we can learn from that because what we do in the physical world and, to, you know, uh, you know, in our little, in, you know, in, in our individual lives, right. you know, God is the ultimate parent, Jess. Mm-hmm. That's what we call him, God the Father. We don't call him God the yeah. Master, Allah. We call exactly. Him, we call him God exactly. the Father because this, this is a family. is established because of him, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and, and Paul, uh, let's move on to something else that affects the macro. Uh, the Catholic Church, our church affects not only the micro, but it affects the macro because it opens spiritual doors to angels or demons based upon its mm-hmm. leadership. Uh the, an article written by uh, by Luis Sergio Solimeo, who writes for TFP, he says that Pope Francis' responsibility facing homosexual heresy and the transgender dictatorship, and we were just talking about that, starting this spring, Villanova University, that's a Catholic university by name only, near Philadelphia, adopted inclusive language that promotes transgenderism. It calls itself a Catholic university, founded and run by the Augustinian order by... Uh, by Father Peter M. Donahue, uh, who's the current president. Okay, so I stand corrected. It's not a Jesuit university. Its mission statement reads, The Anova University is a Catholic Augustinian community of higher education committed to excellence and distinction in the discovery, dissemination, and application of knowledge. Inspired by the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. That's a lie. That's a lie an absolute lie, that statement. They're not inspired by Jesus. The university is grounded in the wisdom of the Catholic intellectual tradition and advances a deeper understanding of the relationship between faith and reason. Last August, the university issued a new guide titled Gender Inclusive Practices, Practices Guide, which reads, quote, Be intentional how you introduce yourself and address others. This includes using gender-inclusive language like everyone, people, or folks, rather than binary language like ladies and gentlemen. It further state, says, This guide introduces Villanova faculty and staff to best practices for being gender inclusive in our workspaces, laboratories, and classrooms, especially for those who identify within transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, and or gender questioning communities. How can we cultivate gender inclusive teaching and work environments? How can we invite full participation from people of all genders and respond to the harmful effects of gender stereotyping or misgendering? Transgenderism is a scientific impossibility. This change of language encourages transgenderism is absurd, especially in a university claiming to be Catholic, but it also clashes with scientific data. Indeed, sex reassignment is a scientific impossibility through surgery and hormone treatments, 
one can be made to look like the opposite sex. However, despite the externals, both men and women retain the sex of their birth, which is determined by their chromosomes, not whims <laughs> or fantasies. The National Human Genome Research Institute is entirely clear in this matter. A sex chromosome is a type of chromosome involved in sex determination. Humans and most other animals have two sex chromosomes, X and Y, that in combination determine the sex of an individual. Uh, females have two X chromosomes in their cells, while males have one X and one Y. That's what Paul said in the first segment. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Dr. Michelle Critella, president of the American College of Pediatricians, explains sex is determined at conception by our DNA and is stamped into the very cell of our bodies. Human sexuality is binary, yet you neither have a normal Y chromosome and develop into a male, or you don't, or you'll develop yeah. into a female. There are at least 6,500 yeah. genetic differences between men and women. Hormones and surgery cannot change this. No. Rare cases of sexual no. organ deformation can be corrected illicitly by hormones or surgery. However, that is to, that is to correct a disorder not to change a person's sex. A university that boasts of being a community of higher education committed to excellence in the, in the discovery, dissemination, and adaptation of knowledge should at least respect scientific data. Its denial of evidence and science can only be explained by ideological or religious reasons. Paul, the left always says we believe in science. That's absolutely not true. Yes, no. They believe in science insofar as it supports their... Uh, their agenda. Yeah. Nothing more. That's right. Jesus 911, two man car. We're talking about the sexual revolution that uh, it's affecting all of us, and uh, we have to fight. We have to fight it and resist it uh, with the truth, with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Uh, why are our Catholic universities, the majority of them, such a mess? And I'll tell you why they're such a mess, because the, the church right now is just a reflection of society. It's a, it's a reflection of our culture. The church is a supernatural organism or entity that's supposed to evangelize a culture. But in the last 60 years, since post-Vatican II, it seems like if the culture has influenced the church more than the church has influenced the culture. And we see that when you look at universities like Villanova University and others. They are teaching exactly what the culture of, of death and the culture of modernists and progressives are teaching right now. Paul, comments? Paul, are you there? Okay, got it. So let me go back to um, this article. It says, a sin of revolt against God. Any attempt to change one's sex at any rates, it's bound to fail. And it signals a revolt against God, who created us male or female. And in his wisdom, God did what was best for every individual, man or woman, to give him glory in the condition that he determined. Father Terence Chartier of the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate underlines the moral gravity of transgenderist ideology and its imp implementation. As an ideology, transgenderism contradicts natural law, 
and divine revelation. So to affirm it would be sinful. It would be actually a sin against the first commandment. So a sin against the virtue of faith, against the divinely revealed truth about human sexuality. Okay. He adds that sex change is also a sin against the fifth commandment when it involves mutilations or, suggest, or ingesting drugs against the eighth for lying to others by appearing as one sex when one is the opposite sex. Uh, and let me just mention, mention the last paragraph and I'll want to just get on a discussion here with Paul. This could stop Paul if Pope Francis would thunderously come out against this, if he would use his bully pulpit. The last two of paragraphs, course. yeah, the last two paragraphs say this, and this is where I think Pope Francis has the power and authority to stop this. It says, uh, it says, sadly, this heresy is favored by those obliged before God and the Church to condemn error and reject and reject sin. Indeed, from the, from the beginning of his pontificate, Francis has showed sympathy for homosexuality and transgenderism through acts, gestures, attitudes, and omissions. The most particular of these manifestations happened in 2015. Pope Francis invited two women to come and visit him. One of them, having undergone surgery and used hormones, presented herself as a man and the other as a woman, supposedly his wife. Hmm. A photograph of the Vatican meeting was published throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Later on, October 2nd, 2016, the Argentine Pope told this story to journalists on the plane returning from Baku, Azerbaijan, to Rome. He said a Spaniard wrote to him saying she was a woman who had become a man and married and would like him to receive them. Francis most naturally referred to the transgender woman as he, as if she were a man, and to the other person as his wife. Then, mm. Pope Francis says, the man got married, he changed his civil identity, got married and wrote me a letter saying that for him, it would be a consolation to come with his wife. He who was she, but him, I received them. Paul, this is scandalous, Paul, when uh, the vicar of Christ, the successor of St. Peter, is, uh, is basically silent about such, such falsehood, such a lie, uh, yes. such a misrepresentation yes. of the truth in front of his eyes. Yes, let's keep it real. It's, it, 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 no, it's not just silence. It's, it, you know, there is an obvious... Uh, uh, agreement there uh, when you look at where the church is going and different groups within the church uh, France Germany different you know this is this is there is a movement it's called modernism as you already know the mother of all heresies yeah. and this idea where they are attempting some are attempting to try to change dogma of the Catholic faith things that cannot be changed and try and, and rather than the church uh uh you know uh, uh you know uh, become you know becoming more like the body of christ being united to the body of christ becoming conformed to the image of christ the quote sacred scripture what you have is the church becoming conformed to the image of the world this is material heresy okay mm -hmm. at bottom line and every catholic you know 
you know, needs to be aware of this because the Bible says, let every man work out his own salvation in fear and trembling. We have had right. popes yeah. in the past in the Catholic Church who have been uh, evil men, okay? Yes. And history has uh, looked back and saw that they were, you know, um, um, you know, the, the faithful were not obliged to uh, follow their example in things. Well, I can just tell you that, listen, you have 2,000 years of Catholic teaching, as you know, uh, to glean from and to understand what God has to say on this issue. The Bible clearly tells us that in the latter days, men will not endure sound teaching. And this is where we're at. Uh, the Bible warns us about wolves in sheep's, sheep's clothing. Well, he's mm-hmm. talking about the church there. He's not talking about the world. We already know the world. They, 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 they are who they are. But a wolf in sheep's clothing is somebody who is a pretender. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and again. Paul, Paul let, me, let me add something. Let me add something to the wolf in sheep's clothing. He was speaking to the apostles in context, so that means that the wolves in sheep's clothing would come from the successors of the apostles, people who hold the office of bishop. Those are the wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes. He was, yes. He was talking and to the apostles in context. That, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, uh, they are supposed to be, you know, shepherding the flock, and instead they're acting like hirelings. In yeah. fact, as we're being assailed by the wolf, Satan, we are being assailed by him. They are either, uh, you know, uh, masquerading as, you know, something that they're not, or they're running away, but they're not tending the flock of Christ. As a matter of fact, every priest that I see out there who tends to even gravitate towards traditional Catholic teaching, and that's where the capital T uh, seems to be persecuted. But you know what? I want to encourage those fathers out there because the Bible says clearly, those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's not yeah. a matter of if, just it, the Bible says that they will, and that's a good barometer. If you know if you're under persecution right now, that's because you are seeking to live godly in Christ Jesus. If you are part of the body of Christ and you are being persecuted for your beliefs, uh, and, and you know that you are uh, holding to uh, the the traditional Catholic faith, then guess what? Uh, take courage because God has given you the grace to, to to stand in a moment like this. That's right. I'll tell you where we have a real big a, a real big benefit is that we know that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And we know that most of what we as Catholics believe was called the deposit of faith. That's already been solemnly defined and universally taught for centuries. So there's not much, Paul, that a pope or a council, for that matter, or a bishop, if they want to add something or change something, people, it doesn't, sm- it doesn't pass the sniff test. Because the deposit of faith has already been given it's been solemnly defined by previous councils. It's been universally taught for almost 2,000 years. And so thanks be to God that as Catholics, uh, you know, we have sufficient sufficient data. We got, again, the Catechism of Trent, the Baltimore Catechism, the Catechism of Pius X, the Baltimore Catechism. We got sufficient material so that we can know as Catholics the mind of the church for the last 2,000 years, and we can't be hoodwinked. Uh, and no. as Catholics, let's not, let's not forget 
that are, the Catholic Church is like Noah's Ark. It's not very comfortable inside. Think about Noah's Ark. It was not very comfortable. It was probably crowded with a lot of animals. It probably stunk. But I'll tell you one thing. Noah and his eight family members and those animals, they knew that being inside the Ark sure beats being outside in the sea of chaos and confusion. And again, this is the metaphor that was used by St. Cyprian of Carthage back back in, in 248 AD. He said this, quote, on the unity of the church, he said, the Catholic Church is the large battleship on its way to heaven. Outside the Catholic Church are shark-infested waters. And, uh, mm. yeah, this world is not... Uh, the church is not perfect here on earth. It's to call the church militant. That means we're in boot camp, we're in training, we're fighting the good fight of faith. But I'll tell you one thing. I say the words of St. Peter. Lord, where should I go? You have the words of eternal life, and I have come to believe. When I look at a crucifix mm. inside every Catholic church... That's an image of my Savior, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and none other. My faith is in Christ. My Catholicism is rooted in Christ. It's not rooted in men. It's not, the Bible says in Psalm 118, Psalm 149, do not put your trust in men, put your trust in God. I pray for the popes. I pray for the bishops. I pray for my priests. I pray for my deacons. They are not my saviors. They are not my lords. They are not my kings. They are not my gods. They are sinful men like me that have positions of authority that must be respected. The office must be respected. But let's make no bones about it. There's only one Savior of the world, and his name is Jesus Christ the righteous. That's right. And, you know, again, um, we've seen in, in the history of Israel, Israel being the Old Testament people of God, they have had kings in Israel, in fact, seems like the majority of them, who have basically, uh, you know, fallen into uh, uh, grave sin against the Lord God, and yet, you know, Israel was still the people of God. Uh, we're not to follow, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, any authority, uh, you know, before we follow God. No authority is before God, and if people are in the chain of authority that God has given them, and they have basically uh, neglected or omitted to do what God has called them to do. That's between them and God. But uh, we still have a responsibility to be faithful Catholics. That's right. You know what? Not going to church because there's hypocrites or bad people. It's like not going to the gym because there's a bunch of out of shape people in the gym. You know something? Hypocrisy never nullifies the truth. Jesus 911, two-man car. Paul Clay, Jess Romero. We're here every Mondays for you. Family, keep the faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Pray your rosaries every every day. I know it's called a terrorist weapon. Pick up your extremist weapons and pray it every day. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands-On Apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, we are EOW, end of watch. We are out. We are out.